Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. This is the Frey Podcast, brought to you by thefrey.com, a place for women who want more from life. Today's podcast is a conversation with Kirsten Leo. Now, I've had you on the podcast twice before, and people will no doubt know you as the incredible, intuitive, psychic, everything else that you are. But Kirsten, for those who don't know you, could you give yourself a quick, could you give our listeners a quick intro as to who you are? For sure. Hi, I'm so happy to be joining you again on The Fray. My name is Kirsten Leo and I am from thelightpathcollective.com. I do currently work as an intuitive mentor, a psychic medium and energy healer. But as always, we evolve constantly in our businesses and so we've got some exciting new things coming up and this this conversation is just the beginning. Absolutely. So our conversation today is centered on connection and it's actually going to go beyond today's podcast episode and span across several podcasts because connection is such a big topic and there are so many different ways we can explore it. But I guess it's a nice way, I think, to start to kind of fill our listeners in on how we decided to record this series of podcasts. And that's all thanks to you, Kirsten. You sent me a message on Instagram and said, hey, I've got this idea. Let's record a series on the topic of connection. And then you and I went back and forth a little bit on that topic. And we were both really excited and lit up by the thought of it. And then our conversation evolved a little bit. And you have made an exciting like business and life decision kind of like based off, I guess, our, our conversations, would you say? I have, yes. So as you know, like I just said before, as we evolve and develop, I'm always looking for ways in which I can do my best to support and encourage and guide people. And whilst working one-on-one with people is so amazing, I think that I'm being called for more. So I have decided to launch the podcast, Kirsten Leo, The Light Path podcast, which is launching, uh, which has already launched, actually, it launched on the 10th of October. So you can head over there and check out the episodes that we've already got up. But in thinking about the things that I really wanted to discuss and look at on that podcast, I wanted to just, for it to be really a reflection of me and my path in that diving into spiritual practices and principles and to look at healing modalities and the way in which that we can really enhance our paths and walk it in our greatest light possible. And I think that the word connection is a word that really sums up that, how we connect in all areas of our life. And working with Kylie and the conversations that we've had 
both on the podcast and then privately in our coaching sessions and just generally in life, I kind of feel like that is the common theme or the grounding theme between what you're all about and what I'm all about. It's really comes down to playing with, exploring and cracking open to all the depths that connection can bring us. Absolutely. It's going to be I think so exciting for our listeners to know that you are going to have your own podcast. You're going to share a mixture of interviews and your own personal reflections. What else can people expect over there? Oh, I think that they can expect, I just guess, thought-provoking provocations uh, to kind of get them thinking a different way or just exposing them to different ways of healing, of growing and of expanding. So the types of guests that you'll find on there will come from all walks of life and different modalities. It's not going to be all about the spiritual world. I definitely don't want it to be a woo-woo type space, although obviously the woo-woo will creep in. And the podcasts with Just Me will be all about giving you really practical insights into my experiences and how I dealt with them and also all the tips and tricks I have learned along the way. We want it to be as interactive as possible so not only can you get us on the podcast but there is a Facebook community, the Light Path community on Facebook which I'd love you to join so you guys can connect of all things, connect with each other and connect with me there as well so that this podcast isn't something that I is coming from me. It's coming from all of us and we're all really hosting it and driving it together. I'm so excited for you. I can feel (laughs) it like it's going to be so powerful for so many people and for you as well, for sure. So connection is the word of the day. And we're going to start this episode focusing on connection with self, because whilst we can talk about a million different realms of connection, this, like the way that you connect to yourself or that you disconnect from yourself has to be the foundation for all other types of connection, I'm sure. Oh, I totally agree. I think, you know, energetically speaking, how we are with ourselves will be how we are in authenticity with others. And the beautiful spiritual principle of as within, so without really speaks to that. In that, whatever's going on within us is just going to be mirrored back to us on the outside. And I don't know about you, Kylie, but whenever I've had to deal with something on the outside, it's always been a reflection of what's going on on the inside. And so when we try to heal the outside circumstances of our lives, it's only a small puzzle piece. But when I go within and really look at how am I, like you say, disconnecting or I'm not deepening the connection with myself, I can often find the solution and the healing there. That's so true because if you find yourself continually in kind of chaotic situations in life, it usually is a reflection of feeling that internal chaos as well because we create it or we seek it out. Absolutely. Like our, if we're part ego, part soul, our ego is always going to be attracted to what it is that it feels really comfortable with. So we are usually really comfortable with our chaos and our trauma and all of those things. 
And so when people say to me, you know, oh, how can I meet the love of my life or how can I get a great job or whatever it is, I'm like, it's got nothing to do with the love. It's got nothing to do with the job. It's got everything to do with how you're connecting within to all the levels and the layers of you. And I guess there's so many ways that we are conditioned to disconnect from ourselves, even from such a young age, you know, from the moment we're born, we're often looking to those those people around us to gauge that homeostasis, like where are we safest? Are we safest with their validation? Are we safest if we're doing the right things in their eyes? It's hard to actually connect with your own internal compass of what feels good to you because there are so many layers of conditioning and I guess people pleasing and seeking that external homeostasis of feeling safe versus actually getting comfortable with your own safety inside. Does that make sense what I'm getting at? No, totally. I totally agree. And if I put my early childhood specialist hat on, for those of you that don't know, I I am also an early childhood specialist in a previous life, Um, we have to rely on others in the first, obviously, five to six years of life for our survival. So we're hardwired for connection with others. And then I think you're right, Kylie. It's like we are not taught in a lot of aspects, in a lot of ways, whether it be by family groups, school groups, or just general culturally primed to be rewarded for connection with self. And even though that there's this wave of individuality coming forward, it's almost like it's not coming from the right place. It's coming from a place of rebellion or frustration rather than real authenticity of, oh, I know what what my needs are and I'm really comfortable with that. I know what my preferences are, my likes, my dislikes. And because I'm so safe and comfortable within that and expressing that, I'm also so safe and comfortable with others expressing theirs. What does connection with self mean to you? Like when you're feeling truly connected to your authentic self, what does that look and feel like for you? The only word I can come up with is peace. Like I'm in no way at war with myself, with my thoughts and with my decisions. And I feel in a complete state of acceptance of self because I think people want to have beautiful connections with others that are in inverted commas perfect and it's hard to do that when you can't have that perfect relationship with yourself. And perfect is not the goal. It is all about acceptance and peace with what is and how I am in that moment. But it's a work in progress. Like what about you? How do you feel that connection with yourself and how do you work on it? Yeah, I would agree with you in saying it's a sense of peace. And as you were speaking, then I was thinking, you know, there have been times throughout my life where I have felt so um, at war with myself, which is the direct opposite to peace, you know, going through eating disorders and things like that. Really, to me, that's the time in my life when I've been the most disconnected from myself, leaning into really unhelpful behaviors. So for me, when I am connected to my true self, it is a feeling of peace, from top to bottom. And it's not like a piece as in everything in life is all right, but it's more like an internal knowing that everything will be 
all right. Versus, or you can make everything all right. Yeah. Or that connected. Yes, exactly. And you might get pulled out of that sense of peace momentarily for whatever reason, mm. but it's recognizing that you're being pulled out of it, you know, because I think that so often we can be pulled out of our sense of peace, but not realize that's what's happening. And that's when we might engage in unhelpful behaviors like eating disorders or, you know, developing a social media addiction or relying on other people's opinions. We might not realize that stems from being disconnected to our true self. For sure. And and I think also if I go down to the basics of the mechanics of it, I don't know about what you think of this, but I think it has a lot to do with our ability to feel, acknowledge, recognize, and then regulate our own emotions. Yeah, and validate them. But I guess that's in that's inherent with the recognizing. Because it's yeah. like taking a moment to validate, oh, it's I feel this feeling. Let's name it. What does that feel like? What can I actually do about it, if anything? Or do I just have to let it pass through? Yeah, and what's that emotion trying to inform me of or trying to tell me? And And I know, for example, one of my little vices or I know when I'm disconnected from myself is when I start to need things from the outside. So it might come in the form of shopping, for example, I notice my big indication of me when I'm not truly happy is that I'm probably shopping more. Yeah. And do you shop online? Like do you fixate on things or you just shop like it's just I've just got to shop whatever, whatever it is, or do you have a specific brand that tells you, uh, not as in clothing no. brand, but I mean like behaviour as in you're up at night scrolling online stores. Do you know when it is? It's during the work day. So it's during the work day when I'm overwhelmed and busy and stressed, not so much with the way I work now, but definitely the way I worked in my past. It was like that hit of something that just made me feel like this was worth my time or that I was just looking forward to something nice. And when I stepped into the business full time in at the end of 2019, I hardly shop now. And so I know that A, I'm on the right path, but B, that I'm consciously and consistently curating that connection with myself. What are, what are your triggers besides you know in the past? Yeah, so for me, I think I recognise that if I'm seeking other people's opinions and a lot of advice on things that are really inconsequential. You know, I'm not talking about big life decisions, but little things. Like if I'm outsourcing little decisions to other people and wanting them to like approve of a very minor decision, like what I'm going to wear to an event Mm. or something like that, when I know really in the scheme of it, that's all very inconsequential to me. Or maybe it's getting in the weeds of, like chopping and changing, being quite indecisive, like, oh, I'm going to do things in this order. No, wait, maybe this order's better, like kind of getting that little bit of analysis paralysis of wanting to do things in the right way rather than just doing them. I know for me that's a bit of a, a red flag that I'm probably not really connected to myself because when I'm feeling very in alignment and on the right path for me, I don't ask anyone else's opinion yeah. on what I should wear because I'm like, oh, I want to wear this because that's what I feel good in. And I don't overthink or micromanage little steps. I just get it done in whatever way it comes at me. So those are two kind of things that can pop up for me quite often that are like a little, like a little feel like going on to remind me to just check in. 
and see what's going on. And when I do that, it might be as simple, Kirsten, as going, oh, I'm spending too much time on social media Mm. and that's blocking my connection to self because Mm. I'm focused on looking through a little square at other people's lives. Or maybe it could be basic like having too much coffee, like literally feeling that adrenaline in my system all day and not knowing if I'm making a decision from a jittery place or a true place. That little warning light goes on for me and often it's the little stuff that's blocking my connection from self these days. It's not as much the big stuff like in the past with eating disorders and things like that. I think also like in order to really understand your own triggers of how to know when you're not connected with yourself, it's a lot of self-observation. But usually in my experience, just observing others and myself, I usually find that when we're not connected to ourselves, we're usually overextending outside of ourselves. So while you may be pushing yourself too hard to spend time with others that you really don't want to do? Are you trying to please others through your skills maybe of cooking and people pleasing and things like that? Are you overextending out? Like you gave the example of social media and like looking outwards. And I think that that's always going to be an indication for people of, oh, it's because for some reason I'm avoiding looking in and feeling that connection. Yes. And another big one for me is filling every silence. So when I'm disconnected from myself, Kirsten, I'll be like podcast nonstop, podcast when I'm in the shower, podcast when I'm working out, podcast while I'm driving, doing the groceries. And it's like, I just, I guess at some level, it's like the thought of being alone with my thoughts Mm. is so uncomfortable that I'll just fill every silence. So that's a big one for me when I'm like, oh, I've listened to a 16-hour podcast series over the last two days. That could tell me something. Wow. And you know what? When you're speaking before about, you know, your little triggers of, you know, I when I'm connected to self, I know because, you know, I choose the outfit I wanted to wear or whatever, I think that there is a really fine but distinctive line between confidence and connection and then overconfidence and connection because I really think that sometimes when I'm not connected to myself, I'm a bit like you in that I work really hard and I'm extending, extending, extending. And so it looks like I'm really confident and I'm thriving and I'm almost getting my little hit yes. of you're all good, you're all good, you're all good, just stay busy, just stay busy. And I, I don't know about you but I notice this a lot in women with staying busy with a lot of stuff for others and with men, I'm being stereotypical here, but staying busy with their pursuits, so whether that be work or physical pursuits or things like that. What have you observed? One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Yeah, that makes so much sense. And there's a podcast episode I did. It's a solo one. Um, and someone from Instagram asked me the question, 
why don't you show up on Instagram in the way that you used to? Because years ago, like five years ago, I was prolifically active on social media to the point where it was like Snapchat. I had a huge following and I would really spend so much time there and just really sharing a lot of my life. And then obviously people have probably who have been along for the journey have seen me pull back and retreat. Where I was going with this is during that time when I was very active on social media, I was so disconnected from myself. Mm-hmm. I was physically starving, like physically restricting wow. myself. And I was starving for the dopamine hit and the validation from other people because I didn't know I don't know whether it was that I didn't know how to give it to myself, but I wasn't willing to get uncomfortable with myself and look at what was really going on. It was so much more comfortable for me to meet those needs through social media. So I was so active for those reasons of validation, dopamine hit, feeling like I'm doing something, I'm striving, I'm reaching, like literally reaching other people at any cost. Yeah. Because I didn't want to reach myself. So it was so much easier to be like, I'm going to reach the masses and, you know, share my message and outsource everything to this place online because I just wasn't ready to actually look at what was going on for myself. For sure. And, and I think holding yourself with really so much grace and patience with that, because obviously, everybody knows who's listening to this, that social media is absolutely not what it seems. And when I started, um, you know, really expanding my business, I worked with a number of influencers who would come to me and we'd have a session and they would share it. And more often than not, not always, most of, well, a lot of them actually didn't because obviously I'm quite discerning with who I would choose to let come in. But a lot of them, like their social media persona had nothing to do with their actual real life. And so Mm. it's people craving connection and we all do it. We crave connection from the outside in order to avoid the connection within thinking that then we won't have to feel it or, or the connection that we get from outside or others is more important or valuable from the connection that we get within. And the amount of people I see in my work that avoid being single because they just really struggle to sit with themselves. And I think, Kylie, it goes back to what you were saying before, how we're just not taught how to do that, how to connect with self and how that can be more than enough and everything else external is just a reflection of the quality of that connection with self. And when you do have that connection with self, You can then go about your life and perhaps you might engage in some of the same things, such as Mm -hmm. I still share on social media, but it comes from such a different place for me now. You know, like I would never, I don't post anything now and they get really high on how many people like it or get low on how many people don't like it. And I'll go days without posting if that's what feels right for me. So I guess what I'm trying to get to is you might then end up engaging in the same thing. Like you might still really value working out or you might still really value being in a relationship, but it can come from a more aligned place, not a place of deficit. Oh, for sure. and that's the whole aim, isn't it? <laughs> that we are coming from a place, you know, I call it of light, but authenticity, uh, that we're not afraid to really discover ourselves and to work on that connection with ourselves. And it's a 
lifelong journey. I remember um, in my 30s, I did a lot of healing work and I was at the time working with the most amazing, beautiful kinesiologist. And I kind of said to her one day, so when am I done? Like, when am I fixed? And she just looked at me bewildered and she said, do you think people ever stop working on themselves? And my first reaction was, what? I have to do this forever. And then as soon as I accepted that, I thought, how exciting. I get to do this forever. I'm never complete. There's always a different layer to me, a side to me, something to learn about me, something to expand into. And that is probably the two-second conversation that literally changed my life and has made me so passionate about the journey that I'm on now. Yeah, because to think, oh my gosh, the workday is never done. I'm never going to reach self-actualization and get to take a break. (laughs) That can feel heavy. But like you said, if you reframe it and go, oh my gosh, it's peeling back layers. And I kind of think of it like you're unlocking a new level on a video game because you're like, you're accessing this new part of yourself. Clearly the one of boys. Clearly. (laughs) I've I've heard Gwyneth Paltrow refer to it as like a system upgrade or a software upgrade, something like that. And that helps me as well when I think about aging. Not that I've ever Mm. really been funny about aging and whatnot, but when I heard good old Gwenny say, you know, it's like when she turned 40, she got a system upgrade. And then when she turned 50, I was like, yes, that is exciting. Like it is actually exciting to keep doing the work. Um, But I wonder, like when you think about things that disconnect us, for the person who's listening to the podcast right now, what are some other things that cause disconnection other than social media um, or perhaps that people-pleasing tendency? What are some other things that you feel like causes us to disconnect from that self? I would say that those external things are the symptom maybe of the disconnection because I believe that the cause in my experience of disconnection with self really comes down to the unwillingness and sometimes the flat out inability to be really honest with ourselves about who we are, what it is that we need, what it is that we desire, and maybe the things that we are trying to come to terms with that we're ready to change. I think that's such an important distinction that you've just made then, because in my mind, I think, oh, what are all these things that cause us to disconnect, Kirsten? And I'll be like, oh, our kids sometimes cause us to disconnect. Our jobs cause us to disconnect. You know, like the I kind of was in my mind, like I have this list. I'm like, oh, these are the things that cause us. But you're so right. And I so appreciate that distinction that those things can still exist when you are connected to yourself. So they're not the cause. It's a symptom. Um, A million percent. Those things are always going to exist. Our kids, our partners, our singledom, our mortgages, our rent, our jobs, our families, all of like social media, it's not going away. It's only going, I think, as you get older, get more exaggerated and more will come on your plate. So the symptoms, you know, like if you imagine the Adam and Eve story, like the apples just keep growing on that tree. Yeah. 
So how do we eat those apples in a really yummy, healthy way rather than just taking a bite and dropping it, taking a bite in a really wasteful way? That is the weirdest analogy. I have no idea where that just came from. Just dropped in. <laughs> it makes in. sense. <laughs> okay, as long as it makes sense. So what do you think? What do you think is the the thing that, you know, may be the cause of the disconnect? My line of thinking, I guess, and I'm kind of processing as we chat a lot of it, I think, comes from our childhood beliefs. Ooh, so, yeah. and what I guess what I mean by that is, what do we need to be loved? You know, mm-hmm. how, how we were loved as kids impacts us so much as adults in what we value and what we think or what what we desire to feel loved. And I think that we sometimes can get caught up on trying to get that feeling of love yeah, and not realizing that we can actually give that to ourselves, especially as adults. Oh, so true. And not only that can we give it to ourselves, but it feels just as good. And if you, you know, just look at it from a really basic biological perspective, if we weren't loved, if we weren't accepted, And if we weren't looked after by our tribe, we would die. (laughs) Simple as that. So we are hardwired to seek that love that you talk of and that acceptance that you talk of because ultimately that equals I will be alive. Yes, it's this inherent search for primal safety and Mm. security and I guess that forms our secure attachment idea perhaps. So if, you know, for example, if as a child you felt that to be loved you had to be perfect or you had to be quiet and compliant or perhaps you felt that you had to be anxious to get love and attention, as we grow up, I guess, unless we really look at that, and you've helped me look at this stuff a lot (laughs) through our private coaching session, but I guess if we fail to look at that and come to terms with it and maybe course correct a little bit for ourselves, that would then add to that sense of reaching and striving and continually looking outside for someone to, or a a situation, a circumstance to make us feel that love. So I wonder how much that plays into this sense of connection or disconnection. And then as you've hit the nail on the head so succinctly, just being unwilling to sit with ourselves. Is I think the 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 truth for so many people. It's unbearable to sit with your thoughts. So many people are afraid of what will come up. You know. Oh, totally. And I don't. As you're listening to this, I don't want you to sit there and think that we are saying this in an evolved or light-hearted way, because the amount of on my knees moments I have had, and how much I still struggle sometimes with sitting with myself and connecting into my truth and accepting that and working with that. Like the healer said to me, it's an ongoing thing and no one is an expert at it. Um, And it's all about us, you know, practice does not make perfect. Practice makes practice. (laughs) You just get better at practicing it. That's as simple as that. Yeah. And getting better at practicing it can make such a difference though because when you are more practiced at it and again like you 
I can easily, like we could finish this conversation, Kirsten, and then I could continue on throughout my day without listening to my thoughts. I could fill every minute today Mm. with a podcast and not connect with myself. It's one of those things that, like you said, we're practicing. But I do think the more you practice it and become aware of it, and even having that awareness of, oh, that's a behavior I'll engage in when I don't want to sit with myself, you do get faster at picking up what's going on and less destructive, I think and less um, explosive in relationship and, you know, less projecting outwards to more you practice it. I think that I love that word that you used, awareness. I think awareness, I mean, I'm going to put a figure to it. There's no science behind this. It's just an opinion. But I think awareness is like 80% there. As soon as you're aware of something, it then either becomes a great place that you can play with practicing or it becomes a great place where you make the conscious choice to block it. (laughs) And then your results are going to be thrown back at your face really loudly in terms of what you've chosen. Yes. And I think in the similar vein of the workday is never done and it's going to be a continual effort to um, engage in self-work, in a similar vein to that, being disconnected from yourself is hard and being connected to yourself can be hard too. They both can be hard. And it's like choosing your hard, Mm. I guess, and zooming out and having that perspective of, yeah, it's really hard to sit with myself and let those thoughts come up. And it might be hard and confronting what does come up and maybe what comes up will have flow on knock on effects. But is that a better, more flow on effect than the other option? Like, you know, the more explosive knock on effect of going, I'm going to stay disconnected from myself. And that could mean I keep engaging in unhelpful behaviors or dangerous behaviors or conflict with my partner or conflict with my friends. That's hard. Yeah. The other way it's hard too. So it's like choosing your heart, right? Yes. I love that phrase that you just used, choosing your heart. And it's actually something I have been thinking a lot about this week in particular, because I read a post somewhere talking of social media. See, it's not going to go away. But but it's interesting when you read social media that helps you connect more to yourself. And I read this um, post, uh, I don't know who said it, but someone was talking about saying choose your heart is a really privileged thing to say because some people can't choose their heart. And I thought, so I sat with it for a really long time and I've decided that it's not a privileged thing to say because no matter what situation you are in, you do kind of always have some type of choice, even if you feel trapped and it's unfair and it seems like there's nothing you can do and things that are happening maybe to you are really difficult and completely out of your control. You can always choose a thought, a mindset, anything. You can choose your heart. I don't know. That's a bit of a divergent, but I think it's important in terms of the connection to self because it is a choice. Yeah. And I am like sitting here smiling because we are so alike in that way of like, you'll see something and then you really reflect on it and you have to like refine your position because you can see both sides to what they're trying to get at. And it's very nuanced. And yes, of course it could come across as privilege, but there are so many contexts contexts where it doesn't. And like you said, in nearly every situation in life, we do have a choice. Of course, there are wild situations. Someone will say, what about this situation? Of course, there's an exception, but Yeah, it's just going, okay, there's actually no comfortable option here because if I continue to stay in this disconnection, what are the ramifications? That's hard. 
if I'm going to tune into myself, that can be hard as well. But freedom might be on the other side of that hard versus the hard that's just going to continue to layer upon itself. It, yeah, it isn't always better the devil you know, Kylie Minogue. It really isn't. <laughs> <laughs> Before we wrap up, what would be a quick tip that you could give our listeners to tune into themselves, something that perhaps they can do today? Self-observation, self-observation, self-observation. Wayne Dyer used to talk about this a lot in his work in that if we just become the observer of our lives, of our experience, that we're really able to see things as they are, not as we would like to see them or perceive them to be. So just for fun, just for fun, choose an hour today. And just observe yourself in it, like it's almost you're watching yourself from the opposite side of the room. And I think you'll have a few little giggles to yourself. I hope you'll giggle to yourself and you don't go into heaps of self-judgment. Not in the corner crying. Yeah, exactly. Be kind and gentle to yourself. But like have a little giggle to yourself and be like, oh my goodness, like really? (laughs) This is not my intention or this is not... Um, who I really truly feel like on the inside. And the more you become an observer of yourself, I think the wiser you become about yourself. So I personally would start there. What do you think? What would you leave people with? Yeah, I was just going to add to that. I think the more you observe yourself and see yourself as a compassion, like in a compassionate way as a flawed human, Hmm. That is actually such a gift, yes, to yourself, but it's a real gift to the, to those that you're in friendship, in relationship, that you just cross their path with because all of a sudden you're seeing someone as a flawed human as well and you're not holding them to this insane standard. So it's that overflow effect, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. Um, I would say start with whatever feels manageable for you in terms of sitting in silence. If you can sit in silence and do nothing for two minutes, how does that feel? Does that feel unbearable? Can you do one minute? Does five minutes feel realistic? I think maybe if we say start with the goal of five minutes and just see how that feels for you. You'll find um, out how really long five minutes is. Absolutely. <laughs> a long time to sit in put, silence. Put a timer on, mm. sit down um, and just see what thoughts drop in for you. I also always, always come back to journaling. I think journaling is such a powerful tool when you really can get past the, um, I guess some people find it a bit cheesy to sit down and sort of go, oh, do I start it like dear diary or what do I actually put in this thing? Or people will say, what about if I'm afraid someone will read it? If you can get past that and make your journal a safe haven to spew your thoughts out, that's an incredible way to, I guess, self-observe in another light but you have to be willing to be very honest with yourself. And you and again, practice makes practice. When I started journaling, I think probably my first journal entry was, Dear Diary, I feel like a complete and utter goose right now. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I think I just wrote that down because I that's how I felt. Hmm. Yeah. One of the things I say in our blueprint program is you can start journaling just with observations as well. So mm, nice. I'm I'm sitting on the floor. My name is this. Like you can start with just observations until you're willing to sort of go that little bit deeper and go, okay, this is how I'm feeling. This is what I'm thinking. This is what I'm doing. But um, connection with self is such a big topic, isn't it? It's actually huge. And I don't think we've even scratched 
the surface. I think even though we, we talked about talking about connection in many different ways, I think we could probably do a whole series just on connection with, with self. self. So I think we'll come back to this a lot as we talk because like we said at the beginning, I think we both agreed in that our connection with anything external to us is always just a reflection on the depth of and the health of the connection with self. Absolutely. And we're going to chat about connection in romantic relationships next. And I think that'll be a really uh, juicy conversation as well. And as you said, we were never going to be able to get everything in to one episode, but I think that this episode, this conversation will provide some food for thought on that topic. And let's encourage people, set that timer, observe yourself for an hour, sit with your thoughts for a couple of minutes and report back. Let us know how you go with it. Oh my gosh, yes, please jump on to the Frey community page or the Light Path community page and please let us know and also share your tips. I mean, what do you do to, you know, spark that connection with self? Share because these are just, you know, a few of ours, but you guys are wise. You'll have so many more to share with each other. So please share them. Absolutely. There'll be something that was like glaringly obvious that we should have spoken about. Mm-hmm. So sharing your tips. I love that idea. Tag us on Instagram stories, then we can share again. You can always tag me at Kylie Camps. People can tag you at the Light Path Collective. That's right. Amazing. Thank you so much for listening. And you can find more info about Kirsten's podcast in our show notes and a link to go and subscribe as well. This is what I want. This is what I need. Don't have to go, I can set you free Are you gonna make a move? Are you gonna come and see? Whatever you wanna do, you know what's cool with me Whisper in the dark, whispers in the dark You come to play, don't you? Looking for something new I got a lot underneath, tricks up my catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.